Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. This is not an easy week for me and probably not for you. Yes? Yes. Quite a challenging week. And um, what I'd like to um, start with is the comfort of, of having a community to come together and sit with in silence, in words, um, with our hearts that ache, broken. I know, and I look into my own body-mind at this moment, um, this isn't the talk I want to give. This isn't the experience I wanted to have. Um, this isn't where I wanted to see our country. But nevertheless, um, so I feel that resistance or that aversion, that pulling away, which leads me back to um, why practice is important and how practice um, holds the difficult holds the difficult and gives me that strength, uh, centeredness, and grounding that's needed in a difficult time. So I'm appreciative and grateful that we have this space together to be as real as we can be, um, to express whatever needs to be expressed in terms of our our pain, our suffering, it, it may be anger or fear, disappointment, whatever here, it's here. And we get to hold that together. So much gratitude to have a place to sit and a group of people to sit with <coughs> who care deeply, as I know you all do. And I'll start with a few quotes. Although I want to say one other thing, which is there are some times, like this week, where um, it's important to acknowledge that I don't have to know. I don't have to have an answer. I have to just want to ask, right? That's where the heart is. It's not in knowing. It's in asking, right? How can I be of service? How can I be skillful? How can I help? How can I be part of the solution, right? And not know the answer, not have one at this moment. So let's do some quotes and, and then we'll see where this goes. Um, so I'm, I'm reading this quote from a book called um, The Road Home. A Contemporary Exploration of the Buddhist Path by Ethan, I don't know how to say his last name, Nietzsche Turn. Um, and here are some quotes. This is from Krishnamurti. It is no measure of health to be well-adjusted in a profoundly sick society. <laughs> it is no measure of health to be well-adjusted in a profoundly sick society. 
So if you're not feeling well or adjusted this week, hey, welcome, right? How could anyone? And here's another quote. Like me, you could be unfortunate enough to stumble upon a silent war. The trouble is that once you see it, you can't unsee it. And once you've seen it, keeping quiet, saying nothing, becomes a political act as speaking out. Either way, you're accountable. So here we are, accountable. Speaking, not speaking. Um, we're here in the society, and there's no getting away from it. There's no meditating in the cave or running off to the ashram or the woods or the forest. Um, not for our time now. It's okay to do it for a while, but we're still going to be here. Our here is here. And of course, um, this beautiful quote from the Buddha, hatred never ceases from hatred. Hatred ceases by love alone. This is an ancient and internal law. Hatred never ceases by hatred. Hatred ceases by love alone. This is the ancient law. So, um, James Barras um, had a couple of interesting comments, and, and I find when there are difficult times, go to your teachers, right? Go to the strength of your teachers and the people who walk before you, and um, rest in their wisdom, their strength. So, um, I've been looking and reading at some of my Spirit Rock teachers, the teachings of the Buddha, of um, Nelson Mandela and Martin Luther King, right? Um, and, and leaning into and taking in the strength of these teachers. And James was saying, when it's crazy out there, it gets crazy in here, right? True? And um, we can't run from in here, our own square inch of mind, right? We can't run from it, nor can we run from what's out here. And so we have this challenge of how we hold the inside craziness and the outside craziness and not succumb to the very thing that repels the mind and heart. That's his quote. Can you read that again? Yes. So how can you hold it all? When it gets crazy out there, it gets crazy in here, right? And how can we hold it all? How can we hold all these intense feelings and not succumb to the very thing that repels the mind and heart? Beautiful, right? How do we do that? And, and, of course, I want to say the answer is community, it's practice. And I want to talk today about the three levels of practice. 
that help us stay grounded, balanced, sane, um, in a way that we could tap into wisdom and ease so that we know we're on the path of right action, right? That we're contributing to the solution and not the problem. And that we want to use the suffering as a way um, to wake up, as it does. That we get out of our complacency and feel and see more deeply. Okay. So, there are, in some ways, I want to talk about, um, and this is partly from Ethan's book, three levels of practice to work with. One is the personal accountability, that I am responsible for the square inch of mind, right? I'm responsible for being awake and aware to my own greed, my own hatred, my own delusion, my own denial, right? what I do, what I don't do, what I ignore my own internal prejudices, my own internal um, unconscious disregard, the lack of care for my planet, for people, whatever. But just the arising and passing of the greed and the hatred and delusion that we all have. And to um, practice with a kind, soft awareness, with a kindness towards self and a caring towards self because we are a product of our society, of our culture, of our parents, of our religion, of the institutions of power, of prejudice, of war, of hatred. We, it's all swimming. When we sit down, all of these thoughts are swimming with, from these influences. There are causes and conditions in all of us. So first we practice with an open heart towards our own personal difficulties. Right? And we use the practice to anchor into peace, ease, strength, and wisdom. Right? Now is the time to practice. It's the time to sit together, right? To use the mindfulness to see what's arising. So there's personal accountability, right? What's in my square inch? And then there's the interpersonal awareness, right? How we relate to each other. What we're bringing to our relationships, um, to our workplace, to our community, to the people we meet on the street. And the other is the political and social engagement, right? That it's not enough to just practice just with me on this square inch. I need to practice collectively in this day and time. There's no escape from this world. And the world has to be part of our practice in some way. I like this quote, once we see that nothing happens in a vacuum, that's the exact moment that we act prop properly Inspired to become accountable for our own mind. 
So we want to work today with, um, with balance, right? The balance between these three levels of practice and not resist any of them and to find our way. And it's not to have a clear answer. It's to say, I care enough to want an answer. <coughs> so, who knows, and you do know, what was the most popular tweet this week? And what did he quote? He quoted Nelson Mandela, right? So um, Nelson Mandela said, I never lost hope in the courage of human beings, right? I never lost hope. 27 years in prison. I never lost hope. No one is born hating another person because of the color of their skin or his background or religion. People must learn to hate, and if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love. For love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite. Three billion likes. <laughs> so for us here, we really want to stay with this phrase, for love comes more naturally to the human heart. He's never lost hope in the courage of ordinary men and women. Right? And so today we lean into his courage and his vision. And a good question that we can ask ourselves is how can we stay awake and not feel helpless? Right? How can we stay awake and not feel helpless today? And I think that line, love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite, is really a koan for me and it's an invitation and it's an open question is how can I serve with an open heart to give people the invitation so that love comes more naturally and I think about the times in which I have sat as a clinician and a social worker with a young person and it has been many times where um, they have wanted to harm or kill someone I, I sit with that group. Um, and, and as we saw in Charlottesville, there were many young people with torches, right? Um, and I love that line about if we learn to hate, we can be taught to love, and love comes more naturally to the human heart. In my experience of sitting in the moment with people, with young people who have had violence 
and um, talk about wanting to commit violence, I truly see the causes and conditions of their pain and suffering. It's complicated. I cannot freeze them in hatred. I must see them as a multitude of causes and conditions internally, internally, biologically, mentally, externally, going through um, being taught to hate, being uh, exposed to violence, poverty, poor education, um, traumatized. There's a lot of trauma and hatred that go together, right? A lot of trauma and hatred and never really having safety or care or places to heal, learn, change, shift, right? And this excites me in a way that I, if I'm interested, I'm open, I'm available, I may be part of a solution there, right, in some way. I don't know what that is today. But in the Buddhist practice, we don't freeze people into an object of hate. That's not what we do. We see the causes and conditions that made that person arrive to that place. And we try to keep our heart open to that, because in that is the solution. So Sylvia Borstein, another great teacher, um, said, the question is through practice, through mindfulness and ease, through balance, um, what can I do that does not make it worse for myself, for another person, for our society? Um, that I'm not making it worse for my own suffering or for the suffering of others, and I'm coming out of a place of clarity. I'm meeting this moment as best as I can with a warm and open heart, with a mind that is poised, alert, and balanced. And when we're practicing with concentration, with awareness, with looking at our square inch, naturally these Brahma-Viharas, the divine abodes, arise. Loving kindness, compassion, equanimity. But we have to start with ourselves, and we'll do some practice today. Watch the time. So Jack Cornfield said, um, I want to understand the current tide of nationalism and racism so the fear and anger it promotes does not take over my own heart. For understanding, I can respond with courage, wisdom, and compassion for the benefit of all. Hatred is never ceased by hatred, but love alone is healed. This is the ancient eternal law. So Jack says, quieting your mind, opening your heart with loving awareness. These are critical steps to begin. For without doing so, we'll choose to add to the chaos and the fear. Right? So with a wise, caring heart, we need to understand the systems of privilege oppression and hatred and even explore our own place in them. 
There's a magnificence to the human spirit as well as a destructive and dangerous side. So um, we want to be able to see clearly that within us and everyone else there's the magnificence and the seed for evil, the seed for hate. Right? We have to see that in everyone. Well, know that it's potentially in everyone. And this is from James Ishmael. Not to forget to practice. Insight without action is a dream. And action without insight is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And this is from a woman named Caitlin Hatch. Um, and she wrote something in um, Lion's Roar. And she was quoting um, something from Payment Children. She was talking about um, someone in a meditation gathering had, was telling a story about um, their grandparents that there was a threat of rising waters uh, near their farm and that um, this dike was about to break the wall and they were going to get flooded. And the grandfather said, let's just pray. And the grandmother said, let's go fix it. <laughs> and Pema said, I would say, let's go but pray while we're going. (laughs) Here we are, right? Let's go, but pray while we're going. And she wrote, "Um, I will not let anyone make me hate them, nor will I refrain from doing everything I can do to keep hateful actions from causing harm to even one fellow human being. Those I am in opposition with are human beings who suffer, just as I suffer. And there are no, um, no one is less deserving of compassion, intentionally or not, uh, on those I perceive as causing me harm. I make this aspiration to see that my heart remains open. I offer this so I am not tempted to hate. I don't justify aggressive acts, but I intend to act from love. Some of you may be asking, in Buddhism we do loving-kindness practice, how could we do loving-kindness towards someone who is a neo-Nazi or a white supremacist or has such hate in their heart? Is anybody wondering about that? How could I send loving-kindness there? Are you sending loving-kindness there? You are. Right. You are. Because everyone needs to be free from hate, fear, and ignorance. So I'll read you a few more quotes. From Nelson Mandela. The brave man is not one who does not feel afraid, but it's the one who conquers that fear. After climbing a great hill, one only finds that there are many more hills to climb. I love this one. I'm not a saint, 
unless you think of a saint as a sinner who keeps on trying. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to make peace with your enemy, you have to work with your enemy, and then he becomes your partner. Sometimes it falls upon a generation to be great. You can be that great generation. So yesterday I was listening to the radio, um, and I was listening to Ira Glass. Did anybody hear that one? No. That's worth listening to. I I won't go into it too much, but... um, he did some really um, interesting vignettes, and um, and they were telling a story about um, the streets of, of some kids in Brooklyn, um, and he told two separate stories, um, and I grew up in Brooklyn, and on those streets. And so I was very moved. And one was the story of two um, African-American boys who were starting to fight, and then everybody surrounded them, egging them to fight. And they had their phones, so they were going to photograph this, and then they put it up. And this elderly man came into the circle and just stopped and talked to them about what they were doing. You know, and... Um, the futility of this and how they're all getting sucked into this mentality and uh, apparently this is up on YouTube I'm never good at finding these things on YouTube Um, and he talked about the beauty of an elder walking into the circle and saying what are you doing and with his heart open speaking to these boys and then the second vignette um, was um, more disturbing. It was um, winter in Brooklyn, in front of Brooklyn College, and there was a high school there, and I know that street. Um, And the boys, African-American boys, again, were throwing snowballs, and I don't know where where they were throwing them. You know, I don't have the whole story. And the police came and asked them to stop, and and somebody went up and also filmed that with the phone. And the police officer... um, taunted, condescended, very hostile, um, and then threatened the kids with a stun gun. And and he talked about that act, the impact of that, and why are children being threatened with a stun gun, right? Electric shock for a snowball, right? And so... um, I decided, boy, I wanted to go and find this on YouTube, right? I, I, I was mesmerized by his storytelling and the contrast. It's really lovely and wise and profound. So I tried to go on YouTube, and like I said, I'm bad on searching. I never find what I'm supposed to find. And um, I put in Stun Gun, Brooklyn, the street. You know, I'm looking. I don't can't find it. But what I find is how many little movies with a phone there are of police officers threatening African-American boys and girls with not just stun guns, but guns for throwing snowballs this winter. And this brings me to my square inch. I am responsible too. 
This is my meta prayer, right? As a mother would risk her own life to protect her only child, so toward all beings, one should cultivate a boundless heart. With loving kindness for the whole world, should one cultivate a boundless heart. Above, below, and all around, without obstruction, without hate, without ill will, standing, walking, sitting, or lying down, Whenever one is awake, may one stay with this recollection. This is called a sublime abiding here and now. What is my metta? Is it enough to walk and wish for all beings, right? I'm also a mother to that child, to those children with snowballs. I'm part of this too. I don't have the answer, but I have to own my complicity if I'm not speaking out. If I'm not horrified that a child of color throws a snowball and there's a stun gun or a gun. That's not my America, right? That's not my city, that's not my town, that's not my country. But if I am not talking about it, metta is not enough. Silent metta is not enough sometimes. If I am not speaking my outrage with my feet, my actions, and my behavior, is that enough? I don't have an answer, but I care enough to ask the question, right? And that's the deep work we do on three levels, maybe. We don't know what it is for you. But here, in this moment right now, we have to hold the pain and suffering with the reality that it is. Because if we don't, we lose our values and the country that we want. So like Pema said, I'm going to do the metta and I'm going to help the flood. (laughs) Right? I'm going to work in balance. I'm not going to skip over. I'm not going to do, what do we call that? The spiritual... Bypass, thank you. Right, I'm not bypassing. I can be outraged and loving. I can hold it both. I can practice deeply and I can speak out when I have to and join in. So, taking a moment and closing your eyes for a moment, coming to your square inch, and just wherever you are, with whatever feelings are here, allow those feelings in. Allow yourself to name the emotion. Name the experience. To feel it in the body and mind as best as you can. Some of you may want to pull back a bit if it's too much. Allowing yourself 
your experience. And with tenderness, with kindness and care, sending yourself the loving kindness. Because we need it. We need the calm and ease of practice. May I be safe. May I be peaceful. May I be at ease. May I be strong. Wise. I'm taking a few breaths. On each breath, you can repeat the phrase, safe, strong, peaceful, wise. With each breath, give yourself this intention safe, strong, peaceful, wise. And from this place, breathing in, breathing out, extending our care, our love, our great wish, for all beings to be free from hate. all beings free from fear, all beings free from ignorance, may all beings be safe, protected, and free from suffering and the roots of suffering. all beings have peace.
You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.